podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Across the Pond Sports Podcast. And we are back for a, t- a week 11 uh, preview. Um, we have got back uh, Katie Brinkley. She'll be up in just a second. And also joining us as a special guest on Guest the Win Margins, we have Alex Kranis uh, from England. Uh, he's going to uh, join us today and uh, take us or take his picks and see if he can beat both myself and Katie. Eric sadly didn't do it last week. Uh, we did come to a winner uh, in the end. Um, myself and Katie, we, we broke down the wins that Eric had and then looked at who won out of the two of us, um, which is probably how we'll move forward with it, uh, just to make sure there's no more ties. Uh, so, yeah, I win. So, week 10 is mine. Yes. It feels good to get, get one back in the bag. Um, okay, so in this episode... Which we've already recorded, and um, we actually recorded it last night at UK time, afternoon Denver time. Uh, we had I had a little issue, so I had to to duck off about twenty minutes into the podcast. So um, you hear me up until I think the Bengals game. Uh, you'll hear I give zero analysis and just give my score. Um, unfortunately, uh, when you live with children um, who have autism, they have needs and they have to come. Before everything else, um, including podcasts, as much as I enjoy doing the podcast, um, unfortunately, um, one of my sons who has autism um, wasn't having the the best of nights. Um, uh, woke up and and yeah, it, it, meltdowns ensue, um, and, and that's something that you have to live with when you live with kids with autism. I love my kids to bits, um, and you know it's just it's just one of those challenges, but. Um, Katie and Alex do an absolutely outstanding job for the rest of the show without me. Um, you get to hear Alex's uh, five uh, top films. There is an icky one in there. I'm not not a fan of, but um, yeah, they do a, they do a pretty good job. So please do keep listening. Um, one side duck off. Um, they they do a pretty good job, um, and uh, we. we yeah, I'm really happy with the the job that they did. Um, Alex is a boss, and I think uh, I think some of his picks might turn out. Um, you won't hear my picks. Um, I was going to put them at the at the end at the outro, but um, what I'm going to do is I'm going to send them over to Katie, um, and she so she's got a record of them, and she knows I can't cheat. Um, and then uh, so she'll have them for the review for next week. Well, I'll send her them tonight. Um, she'll have them for the review, um, so she can tell I'm not cheating, um, and we can see how. Alex uh, stacks up against us. Um, we are going to be on Collide this weekend. Uh, I'm looking at the Denver game uh, for obvious reasons. Um, it winds Katie up um, when they lose. Um, she can tell in her text messaging that she gets very frustrated um, with certain things. Um, so we're probably going to go with the Denver game. That looks like the the best option, and we had so many people join us. We had over forty people join us last weekend. So, um, please do join us on Clyde. It'd be great to to hear your opinions on the game, and even on the NFL in general. Um, last week it was a, a kind of good chat about the game, and then there was a good chat about you know the NFL in general and what's going on. So, um, great great to hear from you all on that. Um, other than that, uh, we will now get on with the show. Um, so coming right up uh, is me with uh, Katie and Alex for, for a while. Oh, 
Okay, so we have Katie back with us this week. Uh, this week I did give Katie the heads up on who the, the special guest was that's going to be doing uh, Guess the Win Margin with us. Um, welcome to Alex. Alex is joining us from mighty old England, just down the road from myself. Um, Alex and myself used to work together when he lived in Scotland um, and we worked at a financial company uh, together. Um, he is a Falcons fan and sadly for him, the Falcons made it to the Super Bowl uh, when he lived up here, so he took a bit of stick um, the following weeks and months thereafter. Um, why is it, Alex, that you became a Falcons fan? Um, well, hello. Thank you for having me. Um, it's it's an interesting story. So the first NFL game I ever watched was it was the Falcons versus the 49ers in a, in a playoff game. I think it was 2012. Um and one of the main reasons was um, Colin Kaepernick. Um, and I didn't like his facial hair at the time. He had this little kind of goatee type thing under his top lip, um, which I found a little bit offensive. Um, so then I just very quickly decided, actually, no, I prefer the Falcons. Um, and that was my team. And I think that was the year that the 49ers went on and lost to the Ravens, possibly. I might be wrong, in which case I'm very sorry. That was, a, that was the horrible between yeah. the two Harbaugh's, Jim, Jim and John were were the were the coaches in the Harbaugh. <laughs> I remember that, and it was yeah, um, the Falcons lost, which obviously then became the the common theme for my team. Um, but it wasn't a close game, and we weren't winning at the beginning. So yeah, I had I had that to look forward to. But yeah, so I've been following the game for about eight years or so. Okay, now I did see a picture on Facebook around Super Bowl time. Did you make your girlfriend put a Falcons jersey on or is she actually a Falcons fan? No, she's a Seahawks fan because she really likes the Color Rush jersey. Um, so um, she she follows them. But the, we used to hold like Super Bowl parties um, and it was mandatory to wear a jersey. And she was like, I, I don't like the sport enough to buy a jersey. So I was like, here, have have my old Reebok training jersey. You can, you can wear this. Um, and yeah, she was she was fine. She was she. I think now she wears a Raiders jersey, a Derek Carr one. So okay, that's it. End the podcast now. No, we, we can't. We can't. We can't have this guy on. Yikes! Um, so she so, so she just goes with whatever jersey she likes at the time. Yeah. So there's that. There's a there's a Blake Bortles jersey that I got when I went to the Jaguars game um, in London. The year that. Oh, let's be in. honest. They are an England team. Uh, what, they're they here enough. Everything. Yeah, they are here enough. Um, but yeah, she likes the Blake Bortles one because he was referred to a lot in the good place. Sir Blake. Yeah, Sir Blake. Yeah. Um, even though he got dropped, but we yeah. don't we don't talk about that. <laughs> awesome. Well, it is uh, good to have you on the podcast, and we'll see how you get on with your lines. Um, Katie, any big news from you this weekend or this week? Well, I think that the biggest news that's just just come out for for us over here is the the COVID protocols that uh, the NFL is going to be taking taking action in um, in here in Colorado where where I live everything's starting to get shut down again because of COVID and it's going to be a trend uh, throughout the U.S. with all of the all of the rise in, in cases so the NFL is uh, mandating that a lot of COVID protocols. Uh, be taking place. So 50% reduction in close contacts, uh, close contact, uh, grab and go meals, only a certain limited amount of people in the weight room, regardless of how big the weight room is. So that's going to affect a lot of teams because uh, 
basically any indoor facility uh, is going to need to be inspected and approved by the NFL and NFLPA. So in places like here in Colorado, that will be typically would be starting to practice indoors uh, with, with the colder weather coming in. It sounds like they might have to be practicing outside or have to do shifts of, of practice. So this is going to be really interesting to see what happens for all these teams as they have to take these, these steps and regulations. Yeah, practices could suddenly suddenly become quite longer for coaches if they're having to do it in groups rather than as, as big teams. Um, the U.S. isn't the only one being affected by COVID. Um, as Alex will tell you, they are now in lockdown uh, as it stands. Uh, Scotland, not quite there. Um, however, there are parts of Scotland that are probably pretty close <laughs> to, to going into full lockdown as well. So that... That's just been what 2020 is. It's uh, the year of COVID. Um, Chinese should bring out a new calendar, maybe, um, and um, add that to the year of the dog and year of the pig and whichever, and we'll have year of the COVID. Um, <laughs> we will move along then um, to football matters. Um, the Arizona Cardinals are going to be taking on the Seahawks um, in Seattle. Last time the two teams met, uh, Murray had the better of, of Wilson. Wilson's had a shaky couple of weeks, as has that defense that is not that great, Katie. Um, where are you leaning on this one? You know, it's a Thursday night game. And as I say every week, you never know what can happen on Thursdays. But this is going to be such a good game because the Cardinals and the Seahawks are both battling for that top spot in that division. So I think that this is going to be a very high scoring affair. I mean, Kyler Murray, like you said, that Seahawks secondary is struggling. And um, unfortunately on their offensive side, Russell Wilson has been struggling up until the past two weeks. He really was putting out an MVP season and he's had a bit of a hiccup over the past two weeks. So I'm thinking it's going to be a bit of a shootout. We'll see uh, exactly how much uh, yards and how, if they're able to get that, offense up and running for the Seahawks, but if they struggle with a run game again, like they, like they have been since Chris Carson and uh, Carlos Hyde have been out, I, I see this going the way of the, of the Cardinals once again. Okay. And by how many? I had the Cardinals winning this one by four. By four. Okay. So tight game and um, pretty much a shootout. Alex, what about you? What, where are your keys to this game? Um, I'm very, I, I see it very similarly. Um, I think the Seahawks started off really strong. Um, Russell Wilson just hasn't performed in the most recent weeks. Um, I'm having the Cardinals to win um, by a little bit more of a margin. I'm thinking seven. I'm going to go for a whole touchdown and field goal on it. Um, Kyler Murray's just showing absolute signs of greatness, particularly with that Hail Mary that was pulled in right in the last second last week. Um, yeah, for me, it's Cardinals by seven. Okay, so we're renaming that the Hale Murray. Um, oh, I like it. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> that, that's definitely, I'm going to make it a thing. I've been trying to hashtag it. Um, see if he notices, maybe. Um, so I have, I've went the other way. So I went Seahawks, very close again. Um, so I've actually taken the Seahawks by three. Um, I think Wilson, he's had a couple of tough weeks. He's going to get into his defense and say, well, what the hell are you guys doing? You've been terrible all season. I now need some help because I'm struggling on offense. Um, so we need to kind of work together. You can't have offense with a defense. You can't have defense with an offense kind of thing. Um, so I have uh, 
planted my flag on the Seahawks by three. It's really going to come down to how Russell Wilson plays. And if he shows up and is playing the way that he was at the beginning of the season, then I, I could absolutely see you getting this, this prediction. Correct. It's ever since they lost their running game, he's had a hard time kind of carrying that team and, uh, neither of the Travis Homer and they haven't stepped up. They haven't stepped up to, to help them run the ball. And without having that, that kind of, that kind of help, this is a Seahawks team that, that definitely needs to be more than just one, one dimensional. Yeah, totally. Um, Talking about one dimensional, um, (laughs) we have the Eagles um, at the Browns. Um, The Browns since, Injuries and everything else have, have become a little bit one-dimensional. Um, they sometimes seem so good, sometimes seem pretty awful, but they still have a six and three record and have, have really overall done pretty well um, with injuries of Odell Beckham and so on. Um, but Landry has really, really stepped up um, in most games. He's, he's had a, a few falters here and there. Um, on the Eagles side. Yeah, they're terrible. Um, Carson Wentz is probably going to be out of a job at the end of the season. He's probably going to end up being a reserve second string for someone, uh, maybe a Derek Carr or something. Um, but yeah, they, they, they've really not done that well. Um, the Giants are coming off a, a bye week. Uh, sorry, the um, no, they're not. They're not coming off a bye week at all because um, they're not the Giants. Um, I don't know why I'm thinking Giants. Uh, but yeah, the, the Eagles really, really struggling. Carson Wentz, the defense is terrible. The receivers just can't, couldn't catch a cold. And they're in Philadelphia. It's pretty pretty chilly there. Um, Alex, where, where are you, you seeing this one landing? Um, I'm going with the Browns. Um, it feels like to me like it's a rebuilding season for the Eagles. I think since their Super Bowl win, they put a lot into that. Um, and it's just something that's trending down quite a lot. Um as you mentioned, I don't see Carson Wentz in that top tier anymore. Um, and, you know, they, they won the Super Bowl and held the whole runoff playoff, the whole playoff run with um, Nick. And obviously he's gone elsewhere. So I can see, I can see this being very, very one-sided for the Browns with their running game having jumped back. I'm going to go with the Browns by 11. By 11. Okay. What about yourself, Katie? Where, where are we, where are you? Yeah. So, you know, and it's so interesting too, because who would have ever thought we'd be saying, I picked the Browns over the Eagles. The the Browns have just been so terrible for so long. It's, it's a weird sentence to stay to say, but here we are. I, I agree. I'm picking the Browns over the Eagles. Cause if you think about it, think about they've lost three games. They're sitting at six and three, the Browns are, and they have a winning record despite Odell being out. And despite them losing Nick Chubb for a while, but the games that they lost were against the Steelers, who are still undefeated. They're, they're pretty darn good. And against the Ravens, who they've been, you know, kind of a roller coaster season. Sometimes Lamar shows up and plays stellar, and other times things are just pretty flat with them. But those are two really good teams that they lost to. Now, the, the, the other game that they lost was against the Raiders in some weird weather. So I'll give them that as kind of a toss-up. But outside of that, they're playing really good football. And now that Nick Chubb is back and Kareem Hunt is there, those two, when they run together, are amazing. Like I said on our last episode, I, it shocks me that both of them can run for over 100 yards each, um, but, but they somehow do it every week, and it seems like they are better when they 
run together than individually, like doing their timeshare. So I, I think that the Browns are on the right track and I, I have them winning this game by six, um, despite the fact that I thought the Eagles had kind of righted the ship. But after that terrible showing last week against New York, then maybe that's where you got the Giants. Um, yeah, but I yeah, after that, terrible sh- after that terrible showing against New York, I think that um, this is the Browns uh, all the way. Okay, yeah. It's so tough um, for uh, the Eagles. They are in a total slump. Um, I've got a couple of their, I've got one wide receiver for the for the Eagles on my fantasy team. <clears throat> he might not wait make it to the weekend. Um, they have just been abysmal, and and it is strange they have won a, a, a Super Bowl recently, um, but not with a quarterback. You know, it was Nick Foles. Nick Nick Foles managed to get himself a, a new deal elsewhere. I was always surprised actually that Philadelphia didn't hold on to Nick Foles as much as they could. Um, that was always a surprise to me. Um, but as we talk about quarterbacks, um, we have your Falcons, uh, Alex, uh, taking on the Saints. Uh, now, as we've heard, um, the uh, Saints quarterback, Drew Brees, has uh, pretty horrific injury. He's got some broken ribs, punctured lung, going to miss a couple of games. Um, that's surely got to shake up the Saints. Um, can the Falcons capitalize, Katie? I have the Falcons winning this game. I oh. I don't think that Drew Brees is going to be playing. Um, Alvin Kamara has shown that he is 100% ready to carry this team on his back. But we do have to factor in Jameis Winston. And um, my, my husband and I were talking about it last night because he was considering picking up Jameis Winston this week. And I said, wait, wait a second, what do you think you're doing here? And he's like, well, he's in a better, he's, he's playing for the Saints now. And I was like, yeah, but when he was playing for the Buccaneers, he still had Mike Evans and Chris Godwin, and he still threw just as many interceptions as he did touchdowns. So um, I, I don't think that that has changed really. And I think the Falcons are turning their season around. Um, they have show, started showing up in the fourth quarter. They realize that the a football game is not only three quarters. And by doing that, they now know to play that fourth quarter and they're stopping teams in the fourth quarter and winning those games. So I think that the Falcons are going to win this game. I have it still being close, but I have them winning it by three. By three, okay. So before I mention watermelons and everything else, Alex, um, as, as we've seen my Cowboys won with a watermelon kick, um, <laughs> the Saints are shorthanded. I mean, whenever you lose someone like <clears throat> Drew Brees, who's a Hall of Fame quarterback, um, but is, is Matt Ryan up to the task? Absolutely. Um, I think Matt Ryan is. I think there's there's been a lot of news with the Falcons recently about Tack McKinley being dropped um, for his questionable use of Twitter and social media to try and get traded out. Um, I think that's probably only just kind of stirred things up a bit more in the Falcons to kind of prove that actually... You know, you need to want to be here and do your job. And, you know, they've, they've just fired the head coach. I mean, that that's as big a statement as any. Um, I'd say, well, just, it was a few weeks ago. Um, I think this week relies a lot on which Jameis Winston we see, whether we see the, as Katie said, the Jameis Winston who throws the same amount of touchdowns as he does interceptions, or the one that shows glimmers of greatness, which he has done in games in the past. Um, the Falcons' secondary isn't great. Um, there's been a lot of hiccups there. Um but yeah, I, th- I think the Falcons will take it. I didn't think a few weeks ago I would be saying that the Falcons would be beating the Saints at all. Um, but I think this one's worked out in our favour with Drew Brees getting injured. Um, hopefully he 
gets better soon and um, we can actually have a decent... <laughs> I'm glad you decent, added that at the end. <laughs> yeah, we can get like a decent quarterback shootout later on in the season when we play them again. I think, so I don't think we played them yet. Um, but yeah, I think Falcons, again, it's going to be close because it's the Falcons. I'm going to go by three. So you're taking them by three as well. Okay, so that'll be, be interesting. Um, so for me, I, I just can't trust Falcons to win. Um, they... They've let me down a couple of times this season, I have to be honest. Um, and so I have decided to go with the Saints because I have a funny feeling that although you might have Winston quarterbacking, what we've seen with Drew Brees is he doesn't take every snap. They bring in Hill and Hill just runs the ball and he runs into the end zone and he's got so many touchdowns over the last few weeks. Um, I see that tactic continuing this this weekend um and i'm gonna say that saints take it by six unbelievable (laughs) i just can't trust the falcons um one thing i will note though i mean you're talking about players being dropped because of social media use because they want to get traded out um we follow the nba as well on the podcast and one thing that is very very different from the nfl to the nba is that if a player goes on social media and says he wants out in the NBA, he pretty much gets what he wants and he goes where he wants. Anthony Davis is a a prime example when he went from New Orleans to to the Lakers. Um, But it's funny in the NFL, totally not like that. Not you're dropped, you're a troublemaker, you're whatever. Um, You're not for the team. And then it kind of mars you for other teams as well. Um, Unless Bill Belichick thinks, actually, I can rub you up and turn you into a diamond um so yeah it's it's strange how both leagues treat that kind of demand um very differently um we will move it along though um because we have my guy joe burrows uh, another quarterback um who is up against alex smith again uh by the looks of things um no Signs of Haskins playing at all for Washington football team. That that seems to be dead, dead and buried. Um, unless they fire their coach and the new coach decides that he's pretty good. I can't see Washington firing their coach. Um, Joe Burrows, you know, he, he's had a, a great season. Although he has a losing record, he still has a pretty decent, se- uh, decent season himself, numbers-wise. Do we see him picking up his uh, third win of the season, Katie? I would love to say yes on this because I love the comeback story of Alex Smith. It's so great to see him starting again. And I mean, he started out as the the third stringer and here he is. Um, I think that Dwayne Haskins, unfortunately, is on the outs with his head coach. And so that's why he's kind of not getting a chance, but um, that's neither here nor there because I don't think he's a very good quarterback anyways. um, But anyway, yes, Alex Smith, I would love to see him win his third game of the year, but Joe Burrow has got that team clicking. Uh, They just need some offensive line help, but they're able to, that offensive line is able to step up and give him the protection that he needs. I think that they're, that they're very capable of winning this game. I have this being a high scoring game um, because I I think that there are going to be some, some turnovers by both quarterbacks. So I have the, the, Bengals winning this game by four. I, again, I don't think, uh, I think it's going to be a kind of a shootout and probably coming down to like a, a final Hail Mary touchdown sort of, sort of throw. 
Okay, so um, what do you think the, the score is going to be? No, I had uh, the Bengals by four, I said. I mean, like, do you want me, like, to say, like, 31 to 35 or? <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 that'll do. Um, by four, okay. And what about you, Alex? How, what, which way are we leaning on this one? I I personally think the Alex Smith comeback story is is probably one of the greatest narratives in American football at the moment. I think seeing the going back and re-watching the injury that he had, reading the news reports and seeing all of the issues he's had, you know, all of the the different different things that just, just happened as part of his recovery. And to see him step back on that football field and start throwing touchdowns, I think is incredible. I don't think it's going to be enough to carry them to beat the Bengals. Um, I would I would never normally take the Bengals um, as winning a game normally. Uh, again, much like the Falcons before winning against the Saints. But I just I just think that having a younger QB who's kind of been brought up in the system, he didn't um, have the time off and he hasn't potentially got the worries or concerns about his leg holding up um, is going to make him a lot more flexible in terms of in and out of the pocket. Um, I think because of that, yeah, by all means, high-scoring game, I can see touchdowns, no, turnovers um, happening quite a lot. Um, But I think Bengals by, I'm going to go with two. I'm going to think it'll be a close one. Okay, I'm going to take the Bengals by 10. I think Burrow's a, a stud, um, and I think he, he walks over Washington. Uh, what we're going to do is just quickly take a, a quick break, and then we'll be right back. We are back. So up next is the Lions at the Panthers. And this is a game where we really didn't think that uh, either team would probably be kind of battling for any sort of relevancy at this point of the season, but yet here we are. And unfortunately for uh, Matt Rule's first season as a Panthers head coach, he's having to deal with a ton of injuries to his star players. So Christian McCaffrey started uh, out awesome, and then he's been on the IR he came back and he looked pretty legit and then he ended up back on the IR again. So I don't, th- I don't think that they're going to be having him for this week either. It sounds like he's going to be sidelined and then Teddy Bridgewater got injured too. So it'll be very interesting to see if Teddy Bridgewater plays. I don't think that either player is going to play in this game. And so that's why I have the lions kind of surprising everybody and winning this game. I think the lions are still trying to, win games for their head coach because Matt Patricia is on the hot seat. If Teddy Bridgewater plays, I think that that, you know, could definitely be up in the air, but for now he's not supposed to be playing this weekend. So I have the lions winning this game by three. And I'd, I'd echo that as well. Um, in my notes, I've got down that if, if Bridgewater plays, I think there's a very high chance that they'll win it. Um, but if PJ takes the helm, there's a very high chance that they won't win it. Um, I think it's entirely dependent on Teddy. And as you said, I, I can't see him playing. Um, you know, they're, they're going to check him out on Wednesday, see how he goes. No, I'm, I'm going with the Lions again. Um, I'm thinking probably at a score of, we'll go with five for this one. And that's, it's so crazy to me. I never thought that we'd be picking the Lions to win over the Panthers, but uh, injuries and having... Losing Christian McCaffrey is such a big loss. Uh, Mike Davis did step up pretty admirably uh, the first go around of Christian McCaffrey's IR, but 
lately when he's been stepping in, it's been pretty subpar performances. So if he does play and um, they're going to need to have a way better showing from him to be competitive um, in this game. I think the thing, as you were just saying, like with McCaffrey last season, he was just such a standout player. And you can tell that they built basically an offense around him to help carry him to get to get the points. Um, and without him, yeah, they, they are struggling, definitely. Another team that's struggling um, are the Jacksonville Jaguars. So Jacksonville right now is on pace to allow 50 sacks for the season. Yes, 5-0 sacks on the season. And they're playing against a Steelers team who are on pace to have 64 sacks on the season. So this is not going to be a pretty game for the Jacksonville Jaguars. I, um, I'm not feeling too confident for any sort of Jaguars players. If you have them in fantasy, I would probably be having them on my bench. Big Ben and company, they're playing lights out right now. And all the receivers are clicking. James Conner is finding the holes. Uh, ben Roethlisberger's not making mistakes, and that Steelers defense is one of the best in the league, uh, even even by losing some of their key linebackers, but they're, they're on fire. So I, I have the Steelers winning this game by 21. I I think we need to give the Jaguars a bit a bit of respect. I think in the last, I remember last week, and a lot of people said, that's it, the Jags are, they don't stand a chance. Aaron Rodgers is going to come into town and well, they were going to go to Aaron Rodgers and it was going to be a, a, an absolute bloodbath. But it was pretty close, at least for a large proportion of the game. Um, having said that, I don't think that's the case this week with the Steelers. Um, the Steelers being the only undefeated team left, um, as you mentioned, their defense is ridiculous. I'm very, very happy I picked them up in my fantasy league. Um, but yeah, I I think the Jaguars may, may be close to begin with and then the game will just spiral out of control due to turnovers. Um, or lost yardage because of sacks. So I'm going to go with the Steelers. Um, I think I'd be silly not to, but maybe not 21. I'm going to go with 11 again. I think that that's a, a really accurate uh, description. I mean, and like we said too, the Jaguars, they're in rebuild mode right now and they have a lot of young talent on their team. It's not to say that next year that they're not going to be competitive. They, they're they just missing a couple key pieces. And I think if they're able to either get them in the draft or get them in through free agency, they, they will be a much better team next year. Um, they're just too young right now. And they're, they're needing to find some sort of uh, steady footing to, to carry the rest of this season. But it's not going to happen this week against the Steelers, I don't think. Um, up next, I have the Titans and the Ravens. Now, the Titans came out and they were looking like a team that was, we saw in the playoffs last year. They were sneaky good, and uh, Ryan Tannehill had shown that he was still a quarterback in this league that had something left in the tank, um, despite kind of getting run out of Miami and sitting on the bench for a little bit in Tennessee. He's come out and he's looked really well, really good this year. Derrick Henry, when he gets moving, He's unstoppable, but that's exactly what happened last week is that they, he got stopped and that's, what's been going on the past three weeks. So they're, they're losing. They've lost three out of the past four games. The Titans have Baltimore on their side. They've kind of looked like a team that uh, they're winning games, but they kind of seem lost to me. And throughout the season, Um, they don't Lamar Jackson hasn't been that force that we saw last year. And it seems like they're kind of just going through the motions. No one's really coming up and making those big plays like we saw last year. 
I think this is going to be a really exciting game. Um, I have the Ravens winning this game by four. And I think that, like I said, I think it's going to be exciting. It's just, we're going to have to see if the Ravens are able to get up and running and kind of show us what they showed us last year. Um, And if they're able to stop Derrick Henry, then um, I think that this is their game for sure. And I, I echo that. I think, well, to an extent, I think the Titans are going to pull off the upset. Um, I think the Ravens offense, as you mentioned, has been really disappointing this year. Um, Lamar Jackson's not been, been able to do what he's kind of done in the past, which obviously helps carry the game and carry the team. Um, the Titans have done really well. Granted, they've had a few off weeks, but I think they'll pull it back together this week particularly. Um, so yeah, I'm going to take the Titans um, by two. So a close one. Yeah, it's these are two teams that at the beginning of the season were top of the AFC, um, but they're both kind of seeming to to have a little bit of struggles and a little bit of hiccups right now, and we'll have to kind of see how they're able to turn their seats the second half of their season around because the Titans again, when they're clicking on all cylinders and everything's firing off right, they're a pretty darn good team, but they've they've definitely shown some struggles over the past four weeks. Up next. A team that probably none of us thought we'd be saying this about was is the Patriots trying to find their way into a, a wild card spot in the AFC. They, they shocked everybody, me me included, by beating the Ravens last week. And granted, they had to play in that monsoon weather, uh, but they came out and they beat Lamar Jackson and company, and they were they showed some some flashes of life uh, with their new running back and. Cam Newton didn't turn the ball over too much. And is this new, a new opportunity for, for the for New England? I, I think it is. Um, I think that, that more recently, Belichick's been kind of showing us the magic that he was drumming up back when he had Tom Brady on his side. Um, Cam Newton isn't Tom Brady. And I, I think it's very, very easy to kind of notice that, particularly with Brady moving on, going to the Bucks. Um, but they've had a very, very strong running attack. Um, these past few weeks, they've really got it going with with on the ground instead of on the air. Um, and I think with the Texans having the worst running defense um, in the league at the moment, um, I think the Patriots, yeah, it's it's their game to lose definitely. Um, so I'm I'm going to go the Patriots winning this one um, by I'm going to go with seven. Yeah, you know I think that the Patriots may, maybe they're finding their footing, finding their way. Uh, the Texans are bad, and despite Deshaun Watson, um, he's not the Deshaun Watson that we kind of have come to see in, in years past, and they're definitely a team that is struggling right now, so I agree. I think that the Patriots are on the upswing. I have the Patriots winning this game just by three because, again, I, I like you said, Bill Belichick is going to find ways to make the players that he does have um, and build a game plan around the, the best of their abilities. The fact... Again, I think that the biggest reason that they beat Lamar Jackson last week was because of the rain and the weather, but hey, they, they still beat them. And uh, I think that the Ravens are a much better team than the Texans. So I have the Patriots winning this game by three. All right, we are going to take a quick break and we'll be right back after this. Okay, we're back and on to the late games for Sunday, week 11. First one up is my Denver Broncos playing against what could have been uh, a franchise quarterback, uh, 
another one, Tua Tuglobioba and the Miami Dolphins. And man, what it would be, what, I wonder what it would be like to have a quarterback that plays mistake-free football. Um, I don't know because I'm a Broncos fan and we have Drew Locke who, as we saw last week, threw for four interceptions and just had a, a meltdown of the ages at the quarterback position. Drew Locke is predicted to uh, probably still make this game. He does have a rib injury, but man, he he's okay. So last week I'm hoping was just a hiccup. Drew Locke, like I said, played horrible, but it did seem like he was kind of turning the ship around. They had won some games in the fourth quarter and uh, seemed to kind of get their up and running in the fourth quarter, but our offense has, has a lot of, a lot of problems. Um, and injuries have not been good to the Broncos. On the other hand, there's Tua and the five game win streak Miami Dolphins. So man, they're, they're looking really, really good. Um, Tua has thrown four touchdowns and zero interceptions in his past two starts. They, things seem to be clicking for the Dolphins and I don't know. I'm having a hard time picking against my Denver Broncos. I made that mistake last week of picking with my head and not my heart. And I picked the Broncos to win. Yeah, that wasn't a good decision. Um, So I'm actually going to pick with um, my head this week and not my heart. And I'm going to pick the Miami Dolphins to win this game by three. That's a very close win margin. Um, I've got it a little bit the other way. So Dolphins have won five straight. Um, Two is doing incredibly for his first year as a rookie. Um, And I don't think that's going to stop against um, the Broncos. Um, I think Drew Locke's going to continue to underperform, unfortunately, and I feel really bad for saying it. Um, But I'm seeing a good couple of interceptions and the the Dolphins have proven they know how to react on them and how to kind of make an impact from an interception. So I've got the Dolphins winning by 14 for this one. Just again, purely because of the the um, yeah the interceptions that they'll be able to pull. You know, it takes one one misread coverage and that's it. You know, they're they're off to score a touchdown. Yeah, and I mean the thing too with the Broncos, you know, they Drew Lock tried running in a touchdown last week and it uh, ended up getting called back because Noah Fant had a, a holding penalty against him, and it's things like that that seem to just be happening to the Broncos on a regular basis for every one step forward that the Broncos take, they take like five steps back and then end up, you know, not even getting a field goal out of it. So there's just seems to be a lot of silly mistakes happening from the Broncos. And um, hopefully Drew Locke is healthy enough to play and he turns it around. But again, I, I see the, I don't see the Broncos being able to, to pull off a win this week against Tua. He's just, he's clicking and he's not making mistakes and uh, he's reading the defenses. So Moving on to another rookie quarterback, uh, the Los Angeles Chargers are hosting the New York Jets, and I did not see Justin Herbert being this good. I'm, I'm not so sure. Um, I, I, I've, the Jets for me have they've they've continued to to underperform. The whole season, um, I'm very surprised. Um, one of my main points I've kind of taken into this is why Adam Gaze is still there, 
and why he's not been fired yet. Um, I, I have we have a, we have a little bit of a of a conspiracy theory here is that they want to lose in New York because they want to get the number one pick, so that is why they're sticking with Adam Gase, and then they're going to fire him at the end of the season, bring in a new coach when they get that number one overall pick and Trevor Lawrence, and kind of start with a fresh slate because. Who knows if they get a new coach, they might actually start winning games. I think that's very likely. And, and a lot of the, I haven't watched much Jets football this, um, this season. And I don't think I'll be starting with it this week because of against the Chargers, you know, if you've got a two for seven game and a, and a, and a, or a two for seven team and a team that's been winless the whole season. Um, but, you know, from from the highlights and bits and points, like I said, it just looks like a very the team's just given up. I get kind of sights of the Dolphins from a couple of years ago um, or last year, I think it was when they were doing their tank for tour type thing. And then you know things may turn around in the second half of the season, but I don't think that's yet. Um, I think the Jets will continue to lose. I think it will probably be closer than I'm probably alluding for it to be. Philip Rivers is still occasionally able to show some sort of magic. Bill no. Rivers is for the Colts. We're uh, oh, apologies. Yeah, that's okay. Sorry, I'm, nope, I'm nope. jumping in. Um, yeah, you, you moved on to the next one, but that's um, that is the next one that we have to talk about. Um, we'll who do you have later. for the yeah? Who do you have for the Chargers and the Jets? Um, I have Chargers. Um, the Chargers for I'm going to put them down for three points to win by. So a close game, but yeah. You you lead me into the perfect segue of the next game with Philip Rivers and his new team, the Colts. Uh, oh, for, for this game, I have the Chargers winning this game by 20. So I don't think that the the Jets have a chance. Um, I think that Justin Herbert finally is not in a close game because that seems to be all that he can he's been in since he's taken over the starter duties, um, being in close games. But I think that this is his chance to break out, and he's going to have a really really good game against the Jets. So I have the Chargers winning this game by 20. The next game up is. Philip Rivers Colts and his uh, new team against the Aaron Rodgers led Packers. And surprisingly, this, this might be one of the the best games of the week. Um, The Colts are looking really good since um, I've kind of started writing them off, but they've turned their season around and they're showing that they're a team that's not to count out. Let's put it that way. Um, Aaron Rodgers is still playing mad. He's not happy that they took a quarterback in the first round. But I think this is probably going to be the best the best game of week 11. Um, I can see that I can see that the Colts are going to find a lot of strength and motivation after beating the Tennessee Titans so badly. And Philip Rivers finally looked like he had started clicking with his new team. He wasn't making mistakes. Like I said before, it seemed like he was pretty interchangeable with Jacoby Brissett. Um, it didn't really matter who was at quarterback for the Colts. They were just kind of mediocre, but Philip Rivers came out last week and just dominated. Um, I don't think that it's going to be an easy game for them to win. I mean, the, the Green Bay Packers defense is, is pretty darn good. And Aaron Rodgers, uh, he's got an arsenal of weapons around him and I think it'll be a really, really, really good game. I'm, I'm. This is my game of the week, and I have it coming down to the wire. I have the Packers winning this game by two. That's going to be a very close one. Um, yeah, my my sort of view, and it's the same. I think Rogers is having an MVP season again, um, and I just prefer him at the moment over over Rivers. I think I agree with you 100 percent that that Rivers is really like last week's game was was incredible. 
Um, but I don't think that's going to carry on across Green Bay. I think there'll be kind of glimmers of, of hope for both teams. Um, but yeah, I think it's going to be a really close one um, going down right to the very end. Um, and I've got two points in this one. I just... Or, I, oh, sorry. Two the, points the, for the Packers. Sorry, oh, okay, cool. I, said that. Um, no. I, just, I just think it'll be, yeah, it'll be, it'll be a good game. Definitely. Yeah. And the thing too, with, with the Packers, um, you know, they've, they've lost two games, but I, I just kind of see them really being the team to beat um, them and them and the Buccaneers. I, I don't see them. I see those two games, those two playing for this the spot in the Super Bowl for the NFC. I think that those are two of the best teams in the NFC and it's um, it's definitely going to be interesting to see how the Colts come out. Cause like I said, I didn't see them beating the Tennessee Titans so handedly last week, but sure enough, they did. And they, they looked pretty legit. So um, if Naheem Hines has a good running game, this will be a great game. Uh, moving on to James's Dallas Cowboys who are back uh, for their bye week. And I don't think any of us really missed them except for maybe James. Um, but the Dallas Cowboys are taking on the Minnesota Vikings and the Vikings seem to be turning their season around. Yeah, I, I agree. I think, you know, there's been some really good standout performances, particularly from Dalvin Cook. I think some of the the magic that he's been able to kind of pull off on the field has been incredible. Um, again, you've got Thielen kind of catching the wide balls and things, which is just what he's done for years. Um, I think because of that, um, my money's on the Vikings, absolutely, for this one. I think the Cowboys are improving. Um, I think I'm not the only person to say that I was quite surprised at how close their game against the Steelers was. Um, but, yeah, I, I think that it will be one of those two playmakers that I'd mentioned earlier. Um, they'll do something late into the second half, and then that will clinch it. Um, and I've got a touchdown, so a, a score of six to win for this one for the Vikings. All right. Yeah, and, you know, Andy Dalton will be back. Um, from the the COVID or concussion protocol. So they'll have their former, you know, starter starter back. They're not going to be going up to a guy off of the practice squad that they found off the street to to kind of lead their team. Although, hey, he made it interesting against the Steelers. So maybe they should have stuck with him. Um, but yeah, it's presumed that Andy Dalton will be back uh, to to kind of help this team put out a strong showing. They have just had a bye week. Hopefully Ezekiel Elliott will finally show up for a game and give them some sort of a running game. Uh, it's been very dismal so far this year and disappointing. I took him in my fantasy league. Uh, so that's been frustrating, but right now I just, I agree with you. Dalvin cook is looking very, very good. He's looking uh, to be a, one of the best runners this season. And I think that um, that, that was kind of the, the sort of stat lines that we expected to see out of Zeke with the stats that Dalvin Cook is putting out. Um, but I think that the, the Vikings are on the upswing. I have them winning this game also. I have them winning it by 10, um, despite Andy Dalton coming back and trying to, to turn the ship around for the, for the Cowboys. But they're, uh, they're, they're struggling, and they're probably going to be looking for a new head coach here at the end of the season, in, in my opinion. Uh, the late Sunday night game, uh, so over across the pond for you guys, the late, late game, as we call it, uh, is the Kansas City Chiefs against the Las Vegas Raiders. And, man, Patrick Mahomes, 
he's looking every bit as good as he has um, since he took over the starting position. Um, man, he's a human cheat code. And we saw that the Raiders beat Kansas City last time, which was a bit of a shocker. Uh, none, none of us saw that one coming, but I think that the Raiders are going to lose this time. Um, the, the Raiders are sitting at, at six and three. So, I mean, they're not that far behind Kansas City. And I just see, I just see Kansas City making too many, uh, they have too many playmakers. They, but Clyde Edwards-Hilaire has kind of struggled a little bit um, since bringing on Le'Veon Bell and doing the timeshare, which is interesting. Uh, but neither one of them have really gotten going. Maybe this is the week that they do, uh, but we didn't really get to see what kind of uh, run defense that the, the Raiders had last week because they just completely, the Broncos just completely abandoned the run game. So it'll be, a, I think that this is going to be a really good game. It's a great for Sunday night game. Um, Sunday nights are, are my favorite football games to watch despite whoever is playing. And I think it's going to come down to, uh, the, the Chiefs coming down to, to one one score. So I have the Chiefs winning this game by seven. I think it's it's a real shame at times like this being being an English fan because over here these games don't start till like one o'clock in the morning. Um so I'm forever just stuck to either well normally just watching the highlights on YouTube the following day. Um I think this is going to be a brilliant game. Um I think the Chiefs coming off a bye week are going to be hungry to to extend their lead. I think the fact that it's pretty much now, you know, you mentioned earlier to whether it was, um, you mentioned that, that Green Bay would be one of the contenders um, along with the Buccaneers uh, for the NFC. I think for the AFC, it's definitely Chiefs and Steelers in that same regard. Um, and, you know, they've, they've dropped a game. Um, I, th- I think they're going to want to make sure that they can just keep their record as best as they can. Um, they've got a very diverse team and they've got Mahomes at the helm, who is just, a machine when it comes to football, you know, some of the passes that he's doing and everything are just, this shouldn't be happening. Um, but again, as you said, you know, you've got, you've got Derek Carr and a pretty strong um, Raiders team on the other side as well. Um, but I do think the chiefs will get it. And I think the chiefs will win it by five. I think it will be, it'll be close for most of the game. Um, but I just, yeah, I, I, I can't go against the chiefs after what I've seen so far this season. They're just, they're a very all well-rounded team. They are. And I think that they're going to be kind of that new dynasty, like what we saw with the Patriots for so long. I think that that's the chiefs and they've locked it in with Patrick Mahomes. Um, They're, they're going to be a really, really tough team to beat. You know, like I said before, the the Raiders have already beaten the chiefs once this season. Um, So that was a bit of a surprise, but I I think that the chiefs are going to come out and uh, basically say, well, that was a mistake. (laughs) So, uh, Moving on to Monday night football, we have the Los Angeles Rams and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and this is going to be a great game for us to see how good these two teams really are, because there have been, we saw the the Buccaneers lose 38 to three against the Saints a couple weeks ago, and I mean, I had Tom Brady in one of my fantasy leagues, and I started him, and he got me one point, so um, (laughs) what kind of Tom Brady shows up, what kind of Buccaneers team shows up what kind of Rams team shows up because they've had some question marks Jared Goff you know had 300 passing yards last week but no interceptions no touchdowns it was kind of vanilla um what what do you see happening in this Monday night showdown um I think you've you've raised a very good point about which team shows up <clears throat> excuse me I think 
one of my concerns is around Antonio Brown and all the news that's that's kind of come out recently. Um, depending on how much the team had told the players and how much they knew, obviously, even you sign someone like AB, you know pretty much what you're going to be getting. Um, a lot of question marks in the air, I think. Um, and he's not quite performing up to par yet either, um, which obviously has given the likes of Max Evans much more kind of room for growth and being able to show what he can do. Um, Brady and Gronk are getting better. Gronk, I picked him up somehow. He was on the waiver wire in my my um, fantasy league last week, so straight away jumped on that. Fortunately, that's been doing really well for me. Um, but the question mark is the Rams' defense, and if the defense can go back to what it was like um, in that, that wonderful season a few years ago, where it gave us quite possibly the most boring Super Bowl I've watched, um, then you know the Rams the Rams could steal it. Um, but yeah, I think it's going to be a close one. Um, I really do. I think it's going to be, again, it's another one of these problems where it's, you know, you wish it was like the Jets Chargers being played on a Monday night instead um, because I'm not going to be able to watch this one with the time that it's on. But yeah, I, I think it could be as close as, actually, I'm going to change my prediction. I'm going to go with the Rams on this one um, by four, I think. Yeah, I um well, you're changing changing your pick <laughs> mid sentence. Oh man. Well, I'm I'm going to go with the Buccaneers because despite Antonio Brown still getting um all the press lately about some of his off-field uh problems that are resurfacing again, they still have Scotty Miller. They still have Chris Godwin. They still have Mike Evans. They still have Gronkowski. They still have Cameron Bray. They still I mean like the list goes on and on and on. They have so many weapons. And the fact that they came out a couple of weeks ago against the Saints and just got, you know, eliminated, um, they, they shouldn't have even showed up for the second half, but they didn't, to be honest, they didn't. Um, I think that they're, they have so many weapons. They can't be one of those teams that loses um, the way that they did to the Saints. They have to be able to right the ship. And yeah, there's Jalen Ramsey. Yeah, there's Aaron Donald for the Rams, but I think that they're, they're going to be able to still find uh, the holes in the run game. Um, you know, Ronald Jones had a, over a hundred yards rushing last week and uh, they do still have Leonard Fournette too, to, to help run the ball. So I think that there's just going to be too much talent to defend for the Rams. So I have the Buccaneers winning this game by five. Okay. Okay. I can, I, yeah, that, that was kind of what I was going for to begin with. But then when I was kind of thinking back to the Rams of old, when they, their, you know, their defense was just ridiculous before, um, you know, and they've still got the likes of um, Aaron Donald um, and some of, the other, some of the other key playmakers. So I think, yeah, again, it's going to be a really good game. It's a, it's a shame I can't watch it live. Well, that is week 11. Um, so that leaves the the Bills, the Bears, the Giants, and the 49ers on bye weeks this week. 49ers probably are, are, are thankful for that because um, then they don't have to worry about anyone else getting injured. So Alex, as with all of our guests that come on the Across the Pond Sports podcast, every time it's your first time on, we got, we got to hear your top five sports films of all time. So what is number five on your list? Okay, so number five on my list is going to be the film Cars, the Disney Pixar film. I kind of thought that was sort of a sports film. Um, it's it's probably one of, I can't remember how old it would have been when it came out, but it's always one of my favourite Pixar films. Um, I'm very much, as you'll see with the rest of the, the picks for me, I'm very much into my motorsports, um, things like Formula One and starting to get into like the Indy, indie car and stuff. 
Um, the cars, yeah. cars, absolutely is a is a is a sports film. I mean, you know, NASCAR and in IndyCar racing is is a sport. So, <laughs> exactly. So yeah, that would be that would be my number five for that one. All right. What's number four? Uh, number four, I'm going to go with Waterboy, the Adam Sandler film. That's a great um, one. Again, H2O. it's brilliant. Exactly. It's so <laughs> quotable. Um, and yeah, it's, it's a brilliant film. Yeah, that's some high quality H2O right there. <laughs> um, <laughs> all right. What's number three on your list? Uh, number three, um, going back, there seems to be, there's, there's three motorsport films in this. Number three is going to be Talladega Nights um, with Ricky Bobby, um, with the whole shake and bake. Um, I love Will Ferrell films. You got to um, shake it before you bake it. <laughs> you're not first you're last um but no he was just um that dodgy accent and everything aside it's it's just such a feel-good film you know the one of my favorite scenes in um sort of cinema history would be well comedy cinema would be um where he's rolling around on the racetrack because he thinks he's on fire and everyone's telling him he's not and he keeps going like, it's just yeah it's hilarious Tom Cruise, use your witchcraft to save me <laughs> <laughs> That's a great one. I obviously I love uh, Talladega Nights too. You're 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 picking some movies right out of the book of Katie here. I chose another Adam Sandler film for mine. I chose uh, Happy Gilmore for my one of my top films. So I chose another Adam Sandler film. All right, I what's number two? Almost on? picked that one for yeah. mine. Um, but number two is a it's an interesting one. So it's a film that was it came out in the UK. I'm not sure how much traction it had had over in the states but it was a film called fighting with my family so i went to the cinema to see it. i don't really follow wrestling but it was following the stories of um one of the female wrestlers Paige, um and because she came up from a background of, of parents who were really into wrestling and really amateur wrestling um and it was always her and her brother and it was it was a drama film more than anything else but it was just so well made um and it was really like gripping and provocative like kind of heart heart gripping and stuff and then yeah when it gets towards the end and she makes a dream and she's in the wwe and everything it was just yeah it was really good um kind of a bit more avant-garde than the rest i think you know that's the, the probably the most sort of film-like film really i'd say so far on my list but no it's it's a really good movie awesome yeah i've never even heard of that what is your number one film so my number one sports film again going back to um motor racing i'm a massive formula one fan so it would be the film rush um and it's a film that's based in the 70s and it follows the story of james hunt and nicky lauda um nicky lauda was a formula one driver who was involved in an awful crash um he died in the car but then was brought back to life he was on fire um his entire body he suffered um very very serious burns but then about three, four months afterwards, he was back in the race car um, and he was winning races, um, fighting for the championship. And it's it's got um, Chris Hemsworth in it. I think that's, that's the Hemsworth brother, the one who plays Thor, um, doing mm-hmm. a very um, a somewhat um, decent British accent to be James Hunt. But no, it's a it's a really well made movie. Um, and yeah, it's it's uh, it tells an incredible sporting story. So for me, that's that's my favourite sports film. Awesome. Yeah, well, that yeah, I, I have not heard of that those last two, but the one with Chris Hemsworth, uh, that sounds like an awesome story. So I will have to see if it's on the Netflix. Well, that wraps up week eleven of Across the Pond Sports Podcast. Um, I think that James is planning on pushing out another po- episode later this week. 
that's going to touch on the NBA trade deadline or, or NBA trades that have happened since it just opened up, free agents, uh, signings. So be on the lookout for that for all of you NBA followers out there. And then that is it. So make sure that you follow us on all the social media channels. Uh, make sure to join our Facebook group. We have a ton of fun on there. And then we also will be doing another watch party this week on Collide. If you have not joined us yet, I highly encourage you to do so. It is a blast. We had about uh, 40 people in our room last week. So a lot of Broncos fans and a couple Raiders fans in there popped in to just uh gloat a little bit. Um, so yeah, and why, why not? If you're winning, then go for it. So yeah, join us in Collide this weekend. I don't know exactly which game we're going to be watching yet, but James will have all that info for you. And again, follow us on all the socials and we will talk to you again soon. Okay, so a big thank you to Katie and to Alex uh, for continuing on with the show for me uh, in my absence. Um, I think they did a, an absolutely outstanding job. I'm sure you'll all agree. Um, do leave some comments uh, for them. Um, also, rate and review the, the podcast anytime you feel. Um, we've got quite a lot of reviews uh, on there. And one thing you'll see with Apple is it looks as though we've only got like three. Um, however, we have got more because um, it only shows you the country that you're in for some reason. That's a bit strange to me, but never mind. Um, I will send off my picks to Katie. She will get a, a note of them uh, so she gets them before the, the games this weekend. Uh, and we will uh, start our, our week 11 review uh, next week after the games. And we do have an NBA show. Um, Katie alluded to it just at the end there uh, we're going to have an NBA show on we're going to record that Friday so we'll already have had the draft trades and free agency would have opened up by that point as well uh, that's certainly going to be an interesting time for the NBA um, we'll have to, to wait and see how that uh, goes um, other than that we're going to be in Collide um, watching the, the Dolphins uh, take on Katie's Broncos um, so do join us for that. We had 40-odd people, 43 people um, in the, the chat last week. And, you know, it, it started off as just me and Katie, but then more and more people joined in, um, weighed in on their, their thoughts. So uh, that was really good. Um, big shout-out to Don and Jana uh, for that. Um, yeah, so do join us on Collide. Download the app. I'll, I'll put uh, links out on our social medias um, so that you can download the app and join us. Um, and, and yeah, like I say, we, we had a, a great time last weekend uh, just covering one game instead of trying to cover the whole of Red Zone, uh, which was a, a task, I'm not going to lie. Uh, so, um, again, big thank you to Alex for coming on, giving us his picks, his movies. Uh, Cars is definitely a, a sports movie. Uh, I'm going to give him the win on that one that's that's I think without a doubt um, although I think maybe Cars 3 is better uh, so we will uh, wrap it up there um, again apologies for, for disappearing but uh, Katie an absolute boss as always um, took over um, and, and really helped me out and uh, Alex was just outstanding I think his uh, his analysis um, uh, really uh, was top drawer so um, we will catch you or I will catch you um, later on this week uh, Katie will be back next week uh, we'll also have another guest um, taking us on and guess the win margins um, for the 
the week 12 preview that we've got coming up next week as well so everyone have, everyone who's a football fan and won't be listening to the NBA show although you should because it's going to be really good um, do join us um, for that uh, but if not have a great weekend enjoy the football this weekend there's a lot of good matchups again this weekend uh, I think we're being spoiled um, and, and like I say um, have fun stay safe um, and if your state or country goes into lockdown just do as you can and and uh, listen to more podcasts with your time why not anyway you guys have a good, a good time thanks so much Sports Social Podcast Network